Hi folks, welcome back to the Mighty Thor podcast. My name is Ed. I'm Terry. You have uh, arrived in time to hear us discuss the Marvel Universe's Thor comic books for the 39th time. Um, This is the 38th episode, but there's a special episode in there as well, so... But this is episode 38, so we'll forget all that 39. Forget I said 39. Too late. Well, yeah. (laughs) This is episode 38. And this evening we're going to talk about the 1966 volume of The Mighty Thor issues 160 and 161. And Mighty Thor, the 2011 volume, issue 8. Now, all of these books star Thor which is important because that's the thrust of the podcast is Thor. And we're a spoiler podcast, but you shouldn't really be too spoiled right now because the 1966 books have been out there for quite a while. And the Mighty Thor number six, did you say number eight? eight, eight has yes. also been out probably for a month a now. A month. I think we just got nine yeah. or maybe ten. Yeah. We're still behind from the holidays. So. All right, so jumping right in, we'll we'll let you know when we get to Mighty Thor 8 in case you guys haven't read that one so that you know. But right now, we'll start off with the 66-volume issue 160 of The Mighty Thor. And we're starting a whole new little arc here of story. Yeah, finally. That other one seemed to stretch a little bit. Yeah. And this one um, is starring, starring, co-starring Galactus and The Recorder. As well as Thor. So we have quite the trio here. And it starts out with Thor looking and using one of my favorite words. Saying an object from space space hath landed on yonder rooftop. Yonder is being is my favorite word. And tis fitting that the god of thunder hasten to the site. So he's going over to see what the spacecraft is. And this is, of course, Stan the Man Lee, Jack King Kirby, Vince Coletta, and Sam Rosen doing this issue. What was it I told you that I read the other day about? Was it uh, Sam Rosen? Did he, like, lettered virtually everything under the sun yeah. at this time and was involved in, like, some of the logos? And, I mean, he was like... He was a busy, busy, busy man. Yeah, he was like the go-to-it guy for that particular thing that he did. Mm-hmm. It was like his... His letters were all over the place. Oh, and I left out that we're also going to see Ego in this episode. Yes. Sorry, left that out. So Thor is flying over to the rooftop to see what it is because he realizes with its trajectory and being so precise that it has to be a flying spaceship rather than a piece of space debris. Right, it has to be directed. Yes, it's 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 too too directional and too perfect. So he's going to see what the vessel from the stars has brought. And as he gets closer to it, he's like, man, this looks familiar. And it turns out that it is Tana Nile from Rigel who we saw back in episode 129, 130, 131. There was a whole big old story arc where Tana Nile was given permission to come down and colonize the Earth and came down and was finally chewed way back home by Thor. Issue. I'm sorry. You said episode. I'm sorry. Issue. Issue. Let's be precise in our geek terminology. So... (laughs) 
in a Nile. The episode would have been somewhere in the early 20s, probably, by probably. the looks of it. Yes. So Tananal is here to tell Thor that there is a danger in the universe. And if somebody doesn't do something soon, the whole universe is going to crumble. And nobody can do anything about it other than Thor. And we're not just talking stranger danger. This no. is like This is big like danger. real big danger that's going to make the universe collapse upon itself if Thor doesn't do something about it. What struck me was Thor is the only one in the whole universe that can do anything about this. Well, and Thor's like, I've never turned my back on those in need before, so let's go. But if this is some kind of trick... And Tana's like, no, no, it's no trick. I'm, I'm telling you true, telling you true. We have some problems going on. Meanwhile, in Asgard, Odin has allowed the recorder to come into his throne room and because he recognizes him as a friend of Thor's. What a coincidence. Where was the first time we ran across the recorder? When we ran across Tana Nile. In the story that brought and us Tana Nile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Odin has allowed the recorder, like I said, to come in because he recognizes him as a friend of Thor's and says, and what can I do for you? And the recorder's like, you know, he offers him some repast and some refreshment and stuff. And the recorder's like, I don't need anything. I'm completely without emotion and have no hunger or anything. I'm just here to tell you something. And that's kind of where he leaves it because he signaled from Rigel, which is where he's from, which is why we met him. Yes. Because he uh, is a machine that Rigel he's has invented. A Rigelian recorder. Rigelian machine. And uh, he's like, I'm being summoned home. I, I have to go. And here comes Sif going, well, I, I want to talk to you, um, Odin. I want to talk to you about Thor, and I want to go to him. And be with him. And Odin's like, no, it's too dangerous out there for a woman. Go away. And the recorder's like, I've got to go. And Odin's like, speak to me. And and Sif's like, I want to go see Thor. And it's very tumultuous in the chamber room here. Yes, in the throne room. And the recorder says, fine, I I have got to go. Goodbye. I, I have to leave now. And Sif's like, wait a minute, what's the danger that you've spoke of? And the recorder's like, see ya, and flies off. And I said, it's, it's best they, they, that they don't know. His lips are loath to give it to mouthing what he knows. Yes, that's uh, an excellent line. If only more felt that way. I know. Um, so The world would be a better place if more lips were loath. To mouth. To mouth. Yes. Yes. So, here goes the recorder. He says, how, and he, as he's flying along to go back to Rigel to see how he can help his people, he tells us that the menace is Galactus. Which we have heard mentioned before, but we haven't really seen him mentioned in a way that we had to really worry about him or anything. Yeah, he was in the other book about Ego and Rigel and... Yeah, when... I mean, he was on the outskirts of that. Right. He was the sinister thing in the dark over there, you know, that we never really saw. It's interesting because it was the Rigelians and the Recorder and Ego and they saw Galactus. Mm -hmm. And here again are all four Mm -hmm. of those elements in, Mm -hmm. in a story. It's kind of odd. So, they're telling Thor 
that um, what Galactus is. There's no good. There's no evil. He merely lives and hungers and feeds, but has to eat living worlds in order to feed. And Thor's like, I think I've heard of him, but I thought he was merely a legend. And they're like, no, he's he's not a legend. He said, well, his power may be greater than mine, and what will we do then? And then all of a sudden the ship breaks apart. And here's Thor and Ten and I'll just floating. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not yet. I'm sorry. A great yeah. arm, the colonizer. The, the, the ship is attacked. Is attacked. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry. And it's a Taurian. Okay. A Taurian, I guess you would say. And he is a survivor of one of the worlds that Galactus has already visited and eaten. Consumed. Consumed. And the Taurian wants the ship, which is why he's broke into them, because he wants the ship. And Thor's like threatening him with, with Munir, going, you know, you better stop, you better stop. And Tenenile's like, he cannot stop. The madness has taken him over. The Galactus madness. I guess. He's got the soul survivor fever. I guess so. And she tries to tell Thor that because the gravity is denser on the planet that this entity is from, that he is much stronger than he appears that he would be just from his size because he's, he looks about the same size as Thor here. So he and Thor start fighting. Thor's like, I don't care what, you know, how strong he is. I'll take him. And gets flung away, Thor does. So he realizes, hmm, this guy's a little strong. Yeah, he is kind of strong. Yeah, he is kind of strong. And Tana Nile decides she's going to use her Rigelian mind blast on him to see if, if he, she can, like, control him. But he has some kind of helmet on. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And apparently the Rigelian Mind Blast takes their power, their strength away. Yeah, because now just, she is helpless. Yeah. So the entity is after her and Thor's fighting and saying, no, you will not hurt her as long as I'm here. And I've taken your measure now and I know that I don't need to pull back. Because apparently Thor pulls back. He, 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 what is it, term? What is the yeah, term? Um, there's a there's a there's a fighting term where you where you hold back, uh, pull. He pulls his punches apparently. Oh, yeah. With a lot of his foes because he thinks that they're weaker than he well, is. Yeah, I guess he doesn't want to like just out and out kill him. Kill him. So. So he's decided. Well, you know, I can just like wail on you. And he says, "Look, Tan and Nile, I've th- removed his headpiece. He's kicked it off." And and Tana's like, but then then I can control him with a simple mind blast. And Thor's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, he's saying something. And the entity's saying, I meant, you know, harm. My yeah, world's been shattered. I don't know what happened to me, what possessed me. Given up. And and he's lost his Galactus fever. And Thor's like, well, he's more to be pitied than anything. But Thor, look outside. And we can see all the destruction from all the planets that Galactus has already, you know, consumed while we've been making our travels back to Rigelian. He said, there's there's nothing left. Look at all these ships, all the different kinds of ships that are taking the survivors back. And Thor gets very angered by the scenes of destruction. And he says, by the name of Odin. I shall find Galactus, and he shall pay in full measure. And this is a very nice 
full page. Mm-hmm. It shows a couple of worlds smoking and, and, and disintegrating. And probably about six different <clears throat> kinds of ships mm-hmm. flying least, away, yeah. you know, that they're looking at. It's very good, very good art. But just as we are getting closer to... Um, Rigel? No. Rigel, as we are looking for Galactus, I'm sorry, we see that um, we see Galactus' ship. And it's also quite a piece of art. It appears to be made almost out of crystal or glass. Mm -hmm. It's very pretty. It's very blue and and crystallized and see-through. And Galactus is like, I've been here before because I see all the destruction, but yet there's something here that I did not sense before. So I have to know what it is, what Galactus knows. He can destroy. Only within the vast unknown does danger dwell. So as he's flying along, he gets near this dark shape, and it fires a bolt of force at him. And he gets mad because he's like, who dares to attack Galactus? And I shall slay anything that survives. Like all who must live, I must have food. I must not starve. And big or small, I don't care. I have this gnawing hunger, and I have to take care of it. And as he's he's gotten into a little, like, pod from his ship. Yeah, like a, a, a mini ship. Yeah, that uh, he can, part of that he can fly around in. And he sees Ego, the huge planet that's right now a face. Yes, a sentient the, the, planet. The sentient planet, it's a, a, a face. And he's like, oh, I, I was trying to hide, him, but Galactus, you found me. And this is another full pic, full page picture. Well, this is even a, a montage. Yes. And it's it's of, quite glorious also. If you can get hold of this um, issue, you really need to try. Um, you didn't mention the full page of Galactus's head. That's uh, because I don't like Galactus. But it's still good art. Yes, it was. It was very good it, art. I'm sorry. I can't, it, it was a whole... Jump right on in here and help me with any time I forget it was a whole page of his head, so it's a big Kirby Galactus head as he's speaking, just from the shoulders up. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So while while Ego and Galactus are having their discussion upon Ego's demise, as Galactus is foretelling, Thor starts talking to um, Rogelians. The uh, the commander is here now. Yeah, did we see him? We didn't see him actually arrive, did we? No, not they just really. Kind of were there. Yeah, they went through all the destruction and stuff, and then they ended up. They just on Rigel. Got there, so yeah. yeah, okay. And Thor wants to know how the planet Rigel has managed to escape when he sees all this destruction <coughs> around, and the commander tells him that they possess a shield which has held, held had them hidden, but it's growing weaker, and they they couldn't wait. To be found and decimated, they had to do something, you know, before Galactus actually could find them. And they tell him, you know, if Galactus finds us, you know, Asgard's not that far behind. Yeah, so actually they're not worried about the universe. No, they're worried about themselves. They're only worried about their planet. Yes. Rigel. Of course. And here, the recorder is here. And the commander tells him tells Thor that the recorder is there for him 
to be his ally to help him and the recorder's like yes i will stand by your side and we shall not falter and thor offers him his hand and says he could have no better comrade in arms and the recorder's like even though i have no emotions i feel emotion i feel a warmth my batteries are overloading yeah, see, that's just that. That was something I remember remarking on before. Mm-hmm. The first the time we met the recorder, it's like all of a sudden like, he has feelings. Yeah, he's he's awful emotive for a machine. Yes, that's... yes, yes. So Thor and the recorder get into this lovely spaceship. It looks like a race car almost. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. And the the commander tells him that it's set on automatic. It's designed to sense Galactus and take him straight to him. Here, go to your death in this lovely machine. <laughs> yeah, in, in this really cool spaceship. Uh-huh. And Thor's like, okay, let's go. And Tenanal is like, all the prayers of all the galaxies go with you. And Thor says, what lies within my power shall be done. More than that, neither man nor God can promise. That's one of my favorite lines. It's a very zen moment I'm telling there. you, very zen. Uh, very okay. zen. So... Off goes the ship, and let me tell you, Rigel is some pretty fantastic landscape architecture. It's like this picture here of the ship taking off and the Rigelian community. I don't know behind it with all the other flying ships around. It's just it's really a portion it's really of neat. the planet, and then yeah. like the like the space traffic and there's uh, still survivor ships they're still running into them maybe just just outside the orbit of the planet mm-hmm. and as they're as they're flying along on their charted course that's already been put for them right they're just riding they see a ship is starting to follow them so just sit right back and you'll hear a tale a tale of a fateful trip yeah and there's a ship that's following them. They notice and they're like, hmm, it doesn't matter. They can follow us. We, we've got some place to go. Like they could do anything anyway because they've already been um, coursed by the automatic pilot. Yeah, they can't stop So they stop can't or... stop or anything anyway. So, of course, it doesn't matter. We have to move on. And there are um, people of a, of a race that has been, their planet has been destroyed that decide that they're going to follow and see where they're going. And said, so this is the only ship that's going in the opposite direction of the way we're going. Let's see what they're doing. So they turn around and they follow. And they were the first victims of Galactus and have been wandering for ages trying to get revenge. And they, they have a feeling that if they follow this one ship and fate be their guide, that they may have their revenge. And eventually. so what is the name of this race? Wanderers. The Wanderers. Yeah, that's, They call us the Wanderers. That's because they go around and around and around? Uh-huh. Okay. Trying to get revenge. And as all of this falls together, we have Thor and the Recorder and the autopilot ship. We have the Wanderers who have decided to follow them because they want revenge and they look like they're out for a good time with some with some battle here. So they're following and Ego and Galactus are about to collide. Ego saying you better turn back because here I'm the boss and Galactus is like who do you think you are? You are but a sentient bioverse. 
I am Galactus, the world mover and world ravisher. So they're having some smack talk. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Before the before the showdown. On on a galactic scale. Yes. I mean it's yeah. Yes. And he says, I am Galactus who can strike with the fire of a thousand suns. And he shoots Ego and like ignites the planet is mm-hmm. what it looks mm-hmm. like. But Ego says, I am Ego and can ring myself with the force of solid cold to nullify your blast. Back at you. <laughs> Ego, whose attack can harness the power of a total world. More smack talk. More smack talk. And it was power enough to start shattering the planetoids of the, you know, the destruction of all the other planets that, that Galactus take care of. They're now breaking off into shards because of all this force and matter that is, that is going shockwaves through, right. all through the space. Energy and, and everything that's being put out by mm-hmm. these two. And unfortunately, it's hitting Thor and the recorder's ship as they are hurtling their way toward Galactus. And their ship is shattered. And they're all floating in space. And that's the end of this issue. Yeah, so they, they get caught up in the midst of this battle and lose their ship and are left adrift in space. Yes. At, like outside the ship and mm-hmm. stuff. The ship is gone. Mm-hmm. In an endless vacuum. So that's 160. Quite eventful and action-packed. And, and, and lots of Kirby art. And they're they're weaving a lot of different things together at the same time. Like mm-hmm. we have Thor and the Recorder, who's on a mission for, friends forever for the for the Rigelians, mm-hmm. who have Tana Nile, mm-hmm. uh, that are looking for Galactus, mm-hmm. who's being attacked by Ego. Well, he started it, and Galactus did. Yes, yes. And then there's the Wanderers that have decided to follow Thor. And then there's also this Taurian fellow, Tar, Taurian, mm-hmm. T-A-U-R, uh, all of these different elements in this one story. Mm-hmm. So Quite a, lot full. Of, a lot of different things woven together here, it Quite seems. Quite full. And as we start episode, issue 161, I can't help it. This, this is still episode 38. This is still episode 38. Issue 161, part two. Part two of our story. The mighty Thor shall a god prevail. And we see on the cover, it's it's quite lovely. We have Ego the planet shooting rays of power out of his eyes. We have Galactus on the other side of the cover shooting rays back at Ego. And we have Thor in the middle. Like very, I mean, like. Right in, right the, in middle. the middle yeah. of all of this. Okay, and as we start, searching for the Dread Galactus amidst the limitless reaches of space, mighty Thor and the emotionless, yeah right, recorder are helplessly flung into their airless vacuum when their starship is shattered by the battle between Galactus and the living planet Ego. And so they drift, silently, endlessly, while a universe totters. And of course, this is also Stan the Man Lee, Jack King Kirby, Vince Coletta, and Sam Rosen, the Fantastic Four, the original Fantastic Four. Yes. Oh, and on the front page, on this front page, we see Thor on the inside front page. I'm sorry. We see Thor and the recorder just kind of drifting aimlessly in space. Okay. 
Through the icy, inky emptiness of airless space, a hovering starship glides ever closer to where they are. And this page is interesting because it's all in black and white except for Thor and the recorder and the and the it's what's an, that called the the um the text box yeah the caption yeah well this is another box. photo montage mm-hmm. uh, pictures of photo uh, photos of different things there's at least three planets a galaxy that that have been cut and put together on the page with Thor and recorder drawn like over top of them mm-hmm. uh which i think this was an attempt to be some kind of like you know avant-garde kind of thing uh this is a two-page spread because the other page is also photo montage with the spaceship that it mentioned mm-hmm. on on the it's the wanderers on the right hand page and on the left hand page is a photo montage with Thor and the recorder drifting mm-hmm. in space. But the the ship that has that has come upon them is the wanderer. Yeah, is the wanderer ship. ship. Yeah. And they see them floating out there and they decide to bring them aboard. And the um bottom part of the panel that has the wanderer ship on it is a fantastic jumble i'm assuming it's supposed to sig- to um signify the jumble of different parts of things that have exploded and I guess more wreckage and this just floating out there in space and it's all very geary and metallic and army you know as in with arms you know metal arms and stuff yeah it looks almost like uh pictures of erector set yeah stuff or there something like go. that there you go there you go so they um, suck. It's so cute. They suck the recorder and Thor up in a vacuum cleaner. Yes. And bring them up by pneumatic tube into the ship. And then what do they what do they do with them in the ship? And they put them in a chamber filled with bubbling solution of therapeutic vital liquid. Yeah. So they suck them up out of space and dump them in a big tub. Uh huh. And say they must be revived. They have been. They have been outside in that sector, and they need to. They need this to help them heal, and they have a definite def, def, destination. We know that they are on the course to do something, and they're headed toward our enemy. And we've been wan, aimless wanderers for too long, and we shall make our goal their goal, if we can heal them. Now, didn't they say also that in their wanderings they had decided to destroy Galactus? Yes, they but were. But they had never really been able to find him. Right. And so, the, and they're hoping that that Thor and the recorder know where to know go. where to go and will lead them. So they've not been the wandering of the our planet is destroyed. We have nowhere to go. They're wandering. Our planet is destroyed. Let's get who's responsible. Right. Trying to find him wandering. Right. So. So while they're trying to heal Thor and the recorder, which I really don't know what, how what healing uh, the recorder yeah, needs because he's a machine. We'll but anyway, over, anyway, we'll overlook that. We go back to the battle between Ego and Galactus, and Ego's like, even though you think you may be invisible in your flying visispear, visispear. Still, my cosmic blast will hurl you from me like a hapless chunk of space debris. It could that still almost be rhymes. a, a visa spear. I mean, that's true. You know, and this is also a lovely full page of a huge 
sentient planet head with rays coming out of his eyeballs hitting the spaceship, the clear-looking spaceship, which we've just, I did not realize he was supposed to be invisible. No wonder he was clear. Spaceship of Galactus, mm. who I thought was a lot bigger. But anyway, well, of I Galactus. Well, he's not bigger than a planet. Or or it could be that Ego has made himself bigger also. Cause he could can, be. Cause he he can, can do all kinds of freaky things yeah. like that. I but mean, this, is, this is a very artistic. Pretty much Ego can do whatever he wants, it, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem really to have too many limits. And Galactus is like, you know, I've never um, faced anybody, anything like this before. I've never had this problem. When I've gone to a planet, all I've had to deal with was the little people on it, the little race that was living on it. And this is the whole planet fighting me back. He's like, but that's all right. I'll win. And he goes like, are you crazy? You're but a single being, and I'm an entire world. And Galactus is like, well, yeah, that's true. But I have no need for an ally, for I am Galactus, the be-all and the end-all, am I. Mine is the power to harness the essence of shattered planetoids and draw them together with a single blast of cosmic magnaforce. Smack talk. Visosphere. Magnaforce. I'm telling you. He says, a force which can hurl them back at you with the power and impact of an endless swarm of meteors. Again and again I shall strike in an ever-increasing measure, an ever-increasing fury, until at last ego speaks no more. No world shall stand against the will of Galactus. And while he's saying that, he's being wrapped up in tentacle arms of the world that he's trying to fight. By ego. By ego. And... He's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so meanwhile, back at the ranch, well, back at the wanderer ship, we see that Thor and the recorder, who's a machine and shouldn't require any healing. It's the wandering R. Back at the wandering R. Oh, okay, the wandering R. Okay, the ranch. Yeah. Cool. So they are in their sterile medi-chambers, waking up, going, hmm, we're, we're alive. We seem to be okay. And the recorder says, we've been observed, rescued, and healed. They have saved us, for they have need of our service. Smart man, recorder, machine, whatever. So the wanderers see that they're awake and said, you may speak freely because we have learned your tongue while you were asleep with a translato ray. (laughs) I want a translato ray. Book is just and these words that we're using like this are all hyphenated yes. too. Yes, yes, and it's it's full of them. Visosphere, too. yeah. So these it, are it's full of them. These are hyphenated. So the the group starts to tell them who they are and and what what they are and where they've been and what they're doing and that they've decided that they want to follow them and and help them. And the recorder's like, but you can't because you will die. And they're like, what? And Thor's like, I am the son of Odin, immortal of Asgard. And the wanderer says, say no more. We've heard of you. I don't know. They've heard of Thor. They've been wandering around since their planet was destroyed, and they've heard of Thor. I, I, I don't guess. know. So anyway, Who Thor knows? does his mighty battle call, cry and says, does the son of Odin fight alone? And the wanderers are like, not so. And Thor's like, well, 
you know, I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you're really ready to fight. Your valor is is quite wonderful. You're only a handful. Rallying the troops. Yes. You're only a handful, and Galactus is going to, like, wave you off like little gnats. While I am the god of thunder. That's a smack talk. But while they're all arguing about all of this, the pilot of the wanderer uh, ship, yeah. he appears to be, so it calls everyone's to a station, everyone's to the everyone to their stations, because they found Galactus. Right, they've run into all. They've this. run into finally the big battle between Ego and Galactus. They see them now, and they have come too close, because the fury of which Ego and Galactus are fighting. Their ship is about to get struck by They They never noticed the or sensed it before I they know. came upon it. it it's yeah. like all of a sudden the shrapnel is getting them. It's like, what, you're flying through space and suddenly you fly around the corner and there is, I mean, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, the trees hit them. How, how do you not see that from like years away? Yep, so, yep, okay. yep, yep. So they decide we better turn this ship around or the ship is going to be destroyed. And Thor's like... Well, now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their people. Okay, that's that's good. And Thor says, I swear by Asgard, never have I seen the like of what I'm seeing now. Planet and man locked in deadly struggle. But ere the battle be resolved, let thunder God prevail. And here we have a full page of Thor in his... Battle cry, menacing anger, swirly power thing going on there, getting ready to go out to battle. Wait, yeah, I, I mean, I, is he inside? Is he outside? Is he? Uh... I don't see how he could. I don't know because uh, yeah, how can he be outside and breathing nothing? Because you know, I don't it's know. Space. Does he breathe? Does he have to? <laughs> well, he's a god. Okay, that's I, true. I don't know. That's true. And the recorder doesn't have to because he's a machine. Because he's a machine. Okay. And But as as all that is happening, as the Wanderers have turned the ship around because it's being destroyed by shrapnel, and Thor and the recorder have called their battle cry and have decided to go forth, the tentacles that Ego had sent out to wrap around Galactus, he has somehow gotten free of. And he's like... um. No living tentacles, however monstrous, can bind me, but not while I can lure great comets from their path to strike against you until you can fight no longer. So now we have this full page of Galactus on his, standing on top of his yeah, ship now. Yeah, he's so pissed now that yeah, he's out he's of his out ship, of the ship standing, he's standing on, top. on top of it. And we see him hurtling <laughs> comets at the planet Ego. Massive scale here. That just I'm telling you. And the recorder is recording that um, the tide has turned and that Galactus is looks like he's winning the battle. And Thor's like, no, stand back while I prepare to get into this smack talk act here. While the universe doth lie at stake, the god of thunder shall not fail. And so what is the recorder using to record with? Perma circuits. Another hyphenated Activated word. for maximum recording. All that transpires <laughs> shall be impressed upon my electronic brain. But son of Odin, have a care. Let me not record your death. He looks very impassioned also for a machine. With some funky eyes there. I'm telling you. And so Thor throws Munyer 
at um I'm not sure. Yes, I, I'm not sure. He throws I, it into space to a gigantic target. I think he threw it at Galactus because he says, I am struck a savage blow. So the hammer that, hit Galactus. Yes. So that must have been who he was throwing at. Uh, maybe because they came on the battle from Galactus' side. And so he was like the first person they and came And plus, to. Thor is thinking so. the planet needs to be saved. That's ego. Because this dude, and all he knows is planets. everybody is saying that this 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 thing Could called be. Galactus is destroying planets. So he has decided the planet ego is the good guy, and the th- and the man type. But does he not recognize ego? He should. He he, he, he was there before. He was there. He should. Maybe not yet. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe all planets look alike until you like see them in the face. Yeah, yeah. All planets are shooting and tendrils and mm-hmm. okay. But Galactus, when he's hit by Munir, says, "For the first time in a millennium, my limbs have tasted pain." He who has the power to cause so a monumental an affront must perish. So now, Ego isn't the main threat. Nope, Thor is. Thor is. Thor is. And he's, like, upset because the hammer couldn't fell him with one single blow. But that's okay. He'll throw it again, and he'll fly after it. Because that'll be even more force. In space with no covering. I know. Because he's a god. I guess. And Galactus calls him a human form gnat. Another hyphenated word, human form. Yes, human form gnat. And Thor's like, a gnat? (laughs) A gnat with the power of a god? And here is where Galactus finally looks big. Yes. Because now we have Thor against Galactus, and he is almost engulfed by Galactus' hand. I think it's just a scale thing. Yeah. It just... And... He grabs Thor as he flies at him and is smack-talking him and said, you know, I'm the great Galactus, so who do you think you are? I have power absolute. And he hurls Thor out of his hand, just throws him, throws him away. And Thor's like, he has hurled me toward this living, yon living planet and to slay me. He means to, to, to kill me. But the planet sends out rays of force that lowers him gently to the planet. You would think now he would recognize, wouldn't you think? But maybe not. He he doesn't. And there are there are other living beings on Ego because they're like, Ego has brought you here, Thor. He brought us here when our ships were attacked by Galactus. And Thor's like, then we shall stand together as long as the battle looms. And here's the recorder. He says, the wise men do not fight in vain. Though we all fall, can you not escape through flight? Can you not leave, Thor? You're the only one that can actually leave from here because you don't need a ship to leave. And Thor's like, I won't turn my back and run. No, I'm staying. And the wanderers who have landed on the ship, on the on the planet, yeah, I think I... they're part of the entity that says the, the ship, while it was being attacked, while you were being attacked and our ship fell apart. Because remember, they were trying to get away because yeah, the ship okay. was falling apart. So they're on the planet Ego. And we're like, you know, we might as well. We'll all strive together. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. And and we'll probably die. I mean, we've endured this for ages across this limitless galaxy. 
and we're all going to be here and we're going to succumb to Galactus together. And Thor's like, no, I am not yet vanquished. I still have Mjolnir and I still have power. So I am not giving up. And they create a stand for Mjolnir out of the wreckage of the sli- of the ship. And I'm not quite sure at this point what he's going to do with it. But he says there shall unleash a force that no one's ever known. And he calls on the name of Odin. And says, whilst the thunder roars, while the storm clouds rage, let the godly strength of Thor be one with the hammer supreme. And since such surging power must ever be released, at my command I hurl it forth that it may smite Galactus. So they've built this stand out of wreckage of the ship. They have attached Mjolnir to the top of it, and Thor is grasping it, calling upon the forces of nature uh probably thunder, something storm. about the fact that he is thor the and the hammer God. had pow- hammer has power mm-hmm. and everything so he's like channeling all of his power basically through the hammer mm-hmm. and shooting it at galactus mm-hmm. and here's another hyphenated word A single astrosecond astrosecond yes A c- cataclysmic surge of Asgardian energy lashes out, engulfing Galactus with bands of bludgeoning force waves which hurl him helplessly helplessly back to the temporal shelter of his quivering visosphere. There was another hyphenated word, force waves. Oh, okay. And of course, visosphere, we already know it's hyphenated. So Galactus is being forced back into his ship with this great power and it's draining all of his strength and he says if I don't leave right now I'm just going to die and Galactus must not die. So he flies away because the force is too much for him to deal with. And they start the little victory dance. Victory dance. Down on Ego. All hail the mighty Thor, and Thor's like, Asgard be praised, the danger is over, and the recorder is observing. The starship departs. The battle is ended. The thunder god has triumphed. And they're like, well, lot, that lot of good that's going to do us, because even though Galactus has been defeated, our starship is wrecked and beyond repair, and none can live on this world. Look at this nasty, dark dirty place you know we can't live here and suddenly it turns into a vast oasis of of water and and waterfalls and trees and grass and it's become a haven they stand in the midst of a miracle and thor says it's not a miracle it's a living planet another hyphenated word what had once been hell spawned hell has spawned become a haven has become a haven and Ego, as we have seen him the last time mm-hmm. we met him, formed himself from the earth into a human shape so he could talk to the to the people and tell them that you have given me the gift of life and now I give it back to you. I am Ego and wanderers, you may make your home here until the end of time. So he's the host and they're the parasites. Yes. And he's okay with that. Yes. Yes. You, you might may live on me until the end of time. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of this episode. Issue. Issue. Not the end of the episode yet. 
we still have one more book. Yeah, we I'm still, sorry. And, Part uh, three another. of our episode, another issue of Thor. And that will be the 2011 volume of Mighty Thor, issue eight. So for those of you that may not have read this yet, uh, the cover is a nice big full spread of the Mighty Teneris with a Shattered Heroes banner on the cover. cover says the Mighty Thor, but down at the bottom it says introducing the Mighty Teneris. Teneris. How would you say that's pronounced? I like Teneris. Do you? That's funny because I like Teneris. Whichever. And we uh, we start the story seeing the castle Asgard being reconstructed. Both humans and Asgardians are involved in the uh, the new construction. Heimdall is talking to the All-Mother, who again is made up of three deities now, Freya, Gaia, and Idun, uh, who were placed in power. Actually, they were placed in power by Odin when he left. So we have a we have a triune uh, ruling a r- ruler now, and basically Heimdall is uh, pledging fealty to to the All Mother. They seem almost ethereal. Uh, yeah, like you can see through here in them. This, in, yeah, almost like they're Ghosts. conceptual more than yeah than actual tangible beings mm-hmm. here. But we saw in the Journey into Mystery last episode that they were more material because they were sitting and they mm-hmm. were interacting. So yeah. maybe they have just come from wherever they like hang out to like visit here. Mm-hmm. And they're still in the process of coming over completely from Could be. wherever there is. Because, see, I know that like Gaia... That's Thor's mother, mm-hmm. but seldom do you hear about Gaia being a form. Right, she's usually like Earth. Yes, she is very much a conceptual being. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Idun is an actual being because she possesses the golden apples. Yes. So that's uh, Freya. I'm not quite as familiar, but I think she's more a material in in the the stories and the myths. She's more material also. But Gaia must have been material for uh, Odin to to tap her to be able to make Thor. Yeah. So. So yeah, they're they're written as or drawn, excuse me, they're drawn almost as conceptual beings that are materializing, but they all have been written about as material components also. So. It's all very pseudo-confusing. That's without a hyphen. Um, We go back to the construction and we see that Volstagg is attempting to supervise. (laughs) Which isn't going overly well because he picks up one part of the plans, the set of plans for the particular portion of the citadel that they're working on and as he's looking to inspect to see that they're doing things the way that they're supposed to he's looking at the inst- the the blueprints upside down mm-hmm. uh, which immediately sends the humans into a tizzy because 
they can't having him giving any commands based on upside down plans. Right. And while all this is going on, the scaffold that they're standing on collapses because of, I'm assuming, Volstagg's mighty girth. Yes. And, and he's telling him the whole wallet, none of it's big enough. It's just not big enough. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, that's a Volstagg thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Uh, as they're tumbling away, um, Tanneris swoops in and rescues, well... We don't know that he rescues all of them, but we'll just say he comes to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The point isn't necessarily that he rescues everybody, but that he swoops into the rescue. And in doing, we see some flashbacks of, uh, how did you like it, Tanneris? Tanneris. Tanneris's story, where he originally stood with the Avengers against the Hulk. Uh, uh, episodes where he has fought the Absorbing Man and Beta Ray Bill, and most recently fended off the Serpent King, which we know none of those are the case, but that's okay. Um, he is seen sparring with Sif, and as they are sparring, Loki comes upon them and kind of gives Tanneris the what for because he knows something is up. Mm-hmm. Right now, all he knows is that you're not my brother, because Thor slash Tanneris is supposed to be his brother, Loki's brother. But Loki knows that Tanneris is not, mm-hmm. and I don't think he has the idea yet of anything else, but he just knows that you're not my brother, but the person you play is supposed to be my brother, but you're not my brother. Mm-hmm. Which I can't imagine trying to reconcile that in my head. That's kind of abstract. So he... he uh, yells that out in a in a little face-to-face thing here with Thor, and then turns and runs. Out in the desert, we see Kelda is... Looks like she's casting spells, trying to find Bill, trying to... Yeah, she's still trying to find him. Uh, or, not Kelda, Kendra. Kendra, as we also know, has become one of the three witches. Mm-hmm. And so... In that aspect, Loki, when he encounters her, uh, is is confronting her about that aspect of her being that she is one of the three witches. And he's asking her what they, the witches, have done concerning this Tanneris brother, something's not right whole kind of thing that he's feeling. He kind of confronts her about that. She immediately... Um, attacks him, repulses him, because he's interrupting the spell that she's trying to cast to find her earthly man, Bill, who died back, way back. Way back. Back before any of this, during the uh, fall of Asgard. Is yeah, when he back was before killed. the seed. Uh, during Extraction. the siege, the siege of Asgard, yeah, yeah. so. I like what she says to Loki as she's pushing him back. I need you to conceive of a world in which your loss is not paramount. I need you to conceive of a place in which your needs are not the axis around which the world moves. Can you do that, Loki? And, of course, the answer is no. Well, the answer's been no since we started reading Thor well, I mean, and, that's, the, and seeing Loki. Yeah, that's Loki. There, yeah. You know, I mean, it's... it's and, and so right there in that one little little window text bubble she basically sums up his entire character yes i mean that's loki that's loki 
And so he's, you know, trying to explain to her what he's doing. Something's not right. Um, something's, something's up with my brother. But then things start maybe falling into shape a little bit better for him after having been hit by this spell from Kendra. The, uh, the three witches now, uh, apparently the other two witches were right there real close, because now all three of them are telling him that something is up, that he just needs to keep his, his wits about him and, and, and pay attention. And he, you know, he, now he starts to realize that some of these other things maybe that he's not been feeling right about are starting to solidify as what is wrong in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it's because Kendra juiced him with, with a, a spell. Maybe it's just a time thing, you know, but that's what's happening. Now we cut back to Asgard and we see that the All-Mother is um, speaking to her peoples. And her peoples now are a very different peoples than what they were under Odin because all of the races basically are living together now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because there are representatives of all the races here at the Fortress Asgard, but because the the doors, the um, the connections between the three worlds have been, or not the three worlds, the nine worlds, have been basically left open. Mm-hmm. And so I interpret that as meaning it's a lot easier to pass back and forth from Asgard to the realms of the dwarves, to the elves, to the giants, to the... So um, the the All-Mother is explaining that we are now living in a world that is not not nine individual realms ruled by one, but basically a republic of nine realms. And so, kind of like the United States. Mm-hmm. We're now a melting pot. Asgard is, the nine worlds are one thing, and and each, there, there are separate entities, but they're all part of a whole, mm-hmm. rather than nine separate individual places. So there, that that's a, a little, and, and they're going to be calling it Asgardia. Mm-hmm. A more feminine name, but also to reflect its wider scope. We then cut to the uh, the Earth town of Broxton, Oklahoma, uh, where we see that a uh, someone is talking rather grandiose of the things that they have done, and the places they have been, and the things they are able to do. And finally, we see that it is the Silver Surfer, and he's sitting at a bar there in Broxton applying for a job. As a short order cook. As a short order cook. He's like, what do you mean by experience and, when you ask me what my experience right, is? Right. Basically, the man has said, what's your experience or what can you do? And he has gone into this whole list of things. And the the owner just kind of shakes that off and says, do you know how to fry an egg? And he said, uh, how to do what? And the guy says, you're hired. So, and actually... Um, Silver Surfer. This the, this character is Norrin Rad, who is a depowered Silver Surfer. Which is my understanding. What happened is that he got depowered, but apparently he did not, and that's not necessarily come up in this particular book, but it will. And not only that, but the Silver Surfer has been popping up elsewhere in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Fully Much to powered. Your dismay. <laughs> yeah, because it it just. 
it doesn't make sense. We're very um, big on continuity and flow here. Well, we try to be, but apparently I'm like the only one. So <laughs> The only one in the whole Marvel Universe. Who cares about it? <laughs> we cut back to the All-Mother. And, uh, and oddly enough, uh, I, I've noticed something here. We're, we're starting to see, or I'm starting to see something else. Idun always has her golden apples with her. Gaia always has a baby with her, being the mother goddess. We don't see anything in Freya, but she's dressed in armor. Mm-hmm. So she's always the warrior. Ready for battle. Yes, and I'm sure... Although Gaia has the armor. I mean, the... the um. The bow and the, the bow arrow. The bow and arrow, the, yes. the, the weapon. To, to either protect or supply for the, the baby. baby. So that makes sense. But yeah, you've got the mother figure, you've got the warrior, and then you've got the youth seductress type in Idun. So He's you, more scantily clad than the other two. Uh, yeah, and wears the golden apples around her waist, uh, uh, like a some kind of jewelry or something, a belly chain or whatever it would be. So they're talking, and... Um, they're you know they're discussing what they're trying to do. Um, they things, bolster up the troops. Things used to be dictatorial. Uh, we're we're trying to ease that and loosen that. Basically, what they're they they're coming to the conclusion is that in order for us to make the changes that we want to make, we need the people on our side. And in order to get the people on our side, we need somebody to rally them. Mm-hmm. And who better to rally them than their son? Tho- or no. Tannerus. So they ask Heimdall, the all-seeing. You can see everything everywhere. Where's Thor? And Heimdall says, or not Thor, uh, Tannerus. And Heimdall says, well, I don't know. I can't see him. Um, So, of course, that's the appropriate time to cut to Thor. Uh, Excuse me. Tannerus. Who is hunting uh, somewhere, looks like maybe in the lands of the Frost Giants. And he looks to be hunting some kind of beast that could be some sort of like dragon, an ice dragon or something like that. And he attacks it to kill it. Uh, we don't really know why, but he is, is bound and determined to. And in the midst of the attack, it all disappears. And he is standing before the Troll King. And we find that everything didn't disappear the troll king summoned him to his court, Tannerous. basically. Tannerous. And then Tannerous is yelling, you know, to send him back. He was almost done and everything. And the troll king reaches out and changes Tannerous, who becomes Ulic. And he doesn't become Ulic. We find out that what happens is Ulic has been wearing a charm that makes him look like Tannerous. Mm-hmm. And that the king just dispelled it. Mm-hmm. So now we see that Tannerus is Ulic, uh, in drag, as it were. For the first time in his whole life, he wasn't ugly, so Tannerus kind of falls to pieces because he realizes his glamour is gone, mm-hmm. and he is just trollish now. We also find out that in the throne room here is one of the witches, and it's the big, fat, ugly witch, mm-hmm. as opposed to the svelte, attractive witch or the emaciated, horrid-looking witch. Emaciated. Emaciated. Yes, she's free. <laughs> yes, the emaciated, uh, uh, crone-looking. And who is she really? This is the big fat witch, and, and she, she really? turns out to be Carnilla, queen of the Norns, who 
Loki goes back with Wayfar. Yes. So, okay, now, something definitely is up because one of the witches that we have been seeing is Carnilla. Mm-hmm. Tanneris is Ulic. Mm-hmm. Carnilla knows that Tanneris is Ulic. Carnilla is working with the trolls. Mm-hmm. So there we go so far. We cut back to Broxton, and we see Jane Foster, who, wow, we haven't seen in a long time. No. And she apparently is making some smoochy face here with Eric, mm-hmm. who Eric was the weird physicist dude that came to talk to Volstagg. Yes. And she has fallen for him. Yes. Oh, please. He was such a geek. Yes. Some of us love geeks. He was such a geek. No, I'm way different from him. Okay. I'm 6'2", 330 pounds. He was like 4'8". 25. No, no, we really don't know how big he was because he was up against Volstagg. I mean, anybody's going to look like a little dwarf when they're up against Volstagg. Guys, if you're not reading this book, this dude is a dweeb, okay? He really is. She's gone from Dr. Blake to hanging with a dweeb. Anyway. That's terrible. And outside overhearing them uh, making the smoochy face is Dr. Don Blake, who I'm sure is just excited as I'll get out that she's taken up with a dweeb. Mm Mm-hmm. While he's uh, eavesdropping, Loki wanders in. <laughs> hey, you there, Gimp. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you there, Gimp. Um, and he's explaining, you know, one of these witches hit me with lightning. And uh, do you remember somebody named Thor? Does anybody remember Thor? And so there is the segue to Thor. Yes. Who we see Thor for the first time in probably two or three issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit longer. Uh, And he's apparently just waking up. He's in the company of a couple other creatures. Um, One of them definitely looks like more alien than Asgardian, and the other could be either one. Uh, They're both bipedal. But everybody has these funky purplish crystal-like growths on their arms and hands. Almost like some kind of cuff or something. They're not connected, but they're just like growing all on mm-hmm. the end of their arm around their wrist and hand. Um, and Thor even makes a mention, why is everything so heavy? Mm-hmm. That might not be, that might have to do with the gravity there rather than the crystal growth. But So the one alien, the more alien looking one, speaks to him all, you know, glad you finally woke up we thought you were dead and he's like well i i should be dead i died in battle and then i i had this wound on my side and i died and then the other alien says well of course you died that's why you're here everybody that's here has died we're all dead and we're all waiting to go into the maw of the demigorge which is this huge alien-looking thing with very big teeth. Yeah, it's like a big f- head and like these ships that look like old Viking sailing, wooden sailing vessels are like mm-hmm. sailing into its mouth. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell if they're being drawn in or, you know, there's no there there's no sense of why there's movement but there is a sense of movement these mm-hmm. things are going towards the mouth and uh 
we see a hand here, so it could be that this is also a, a gigantic bipedal organism of, of some sort, but at least we know it has a big head and mouth and a hand. And that's where this, this issue ends. Uh, next issue, the blurb here is Death by Demogorge. Gorg. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Gorge is the word. Mm -hmm. So it's a Demogorge. Um, also be aware that there is a mini-series going on right now called Thor the Deviant Saga. And in the month of November, there was a one-shot called Avengers Origins Thor, which is yet another retelling of his origin, but it pretty much follows what we know with the aliens and the Dr. Blake and the... Well, it's good for people who haven't been introduced to Thor yet. All the time? Okay. Never I mean, mind. come on. You know, bear some responsibility to go back and get the back issues. They don't want to make it hard for you. Phew. So, next episode we've got up... The 66th volume of Mighty Thor, issues 162 and 163, and issue 632 of the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery. Not really any feedback to speak of. Do want to thank Mr. Derek Coward, the brains behind all of the uh, workings of the Deliberate Noise slash Comic Book Noise slash Thor. We appreciate your time and effort, Derek. Uh, Mr. Coward this week released the 999th podcast of his stuff. So here before too long, he will hit the four-digit mark. We're such newbies. Yes. We're just coming up on 150 total podcasts mm -hmm. for our little pseudo group here. And with that, uh, if you do want to get in touch with us, there's a, a variety of ways. We have a uh, uh, Google Plus page, the Mighty Thorcast. That's also the name of our Facebook fan page. The website is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. Um, post the episodes and also post cover scans for all the books that we talk about. All the books. So back a couple episodes ago when we did our um, special episode for the Fear Itself, we had all the Fear Itself covers up there on the, on the blog post. Because we're cool that way. And uh, email, if you want to email us, that's themightythorpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you guys do have a second, please uh, spend that second wisely and leave us an iTunes review. That would help us. It help others find us. Uh, and at this point, it would just kind of help us know that there are people out there listening. We, we know that help there are some. Loved. Because periodically they'll do something on the Facebook fan page uh, like a post or, or like the the page or stuff like that every now and then. So we, we see that you're out there, but leave us an iTunes review. Send us an email. You know, we'll we'll discuss whatever the issue is on the podcast and, and try to solicit even more feedback from that. So that's just the way we are here at the, the Mighty Thorcast. And uh, I believe that's everything that uh, all the contact and everything, sweetie. Yep. So... That is all for us until next episode, episode 39, and we will talk to you again, guys. See ya! This is a Teal Production.
Yeah.